Jesus. Amen. Hey, there we go. And then there was sound. I should know better than to mess with the sound guys because they, they have the last word. They control all the buttons, you know. So uh, what a joy, what an honor. Uh-oh. Does that mean, uh-oh, that means I got to stay up here, doesn't it? Oh, man. I didn't want to stay up here. Pastor, can I get the, uh, that, that music stand or whatever that, back there, please? Um, thank you, sir. Well, what, a, what, a, what an honor to be here. It really is an honor to be here this morning. And Pastor Tom, what a great story. He just, like, aged me tremendously when he said he watched me when he was a little boy. I'm like, <laughs> tell my friend Roy back there, I'm like, man, I just feel aged all of a sudden, right? But, hey, it's what it is. But uh, just thankful and grateful to Pastor Tom and, and, and of course, Roy Jones, who helped, helped make all this possible. I recently, this year, relocated out to the left coast, to the other coast, the west coast, and, and which is a, talk about God getting you out of your comfort zone. We good? Talk about God getting, out, getting you out of your comfort zone, and, and uh, without a doubt, I'd say he has, he has done that after about 30 or so years on the east coast, and, all right, going to work it out, right? Um, and 20-something years uh, in the Midwest, so I just gave it away in the sense, if you weren't a wrestling fan, you know, you wouldn't, this wouldn't make any sense to you. If you were a wrestling fan, then I just kind of gave it away because I spent no years like in Siberia or Moscow or anything like that, you know, as the Russian nightmare. That was just a, a, a persona that I, I portrayed over the years because a lot of times, you know, you watch that video clip. And I grab a microphone and begin to speak like, like this. And a lot of times the audience is like, wow, like his English is like vastly improved. He's like, really? Must have been some good English tutoring along the way. Well, the truth be known, uh, actually the Russian nightmare was just a persona. It was a persona that I, I portrayed over the years. And I'm, I'm often uh, really kind of humbled even uh, up to, the, to this day, even with the advent of the internet and everything, because it's like, it's like uh, someone told me just recently, man, just well, actually, like literally last night, I was in Kinston, North Carolina last night, had the opportunity in a, in a, in a wrestling venue to be able to share my faith and share my story to, to, to that crowd in that venue. And somebody's like, dude, man, you had me convinced you were from Russia. You know, like he's talking about this hit, getting hit with the sickle, the whole deal, uh, my finishing move. And they're like, man, you just, you, you, you blew me away when I heard you talk. And, I'm, and, and so... It's interesting to hear the stories now, uh, and, and I just, I guess, in a sense, take that as a compliment at, at how well I portrayed that persona of the Russian nightmare. So if you came today, you know, anticipating, perhaps, if you were a fan, thinking you were going to hear this guy and say, hey, you stay awake, or I'm going to tear your head off your body, Shatoitai. Oh, he, he's laughing. He's like, they didn't used to laugh. These were like, but uh, anyway, all that said, yeah, just, just, just a persona, but it's been an interesting, interesting journey for me. It, it really has to, where life began, like I said, in the Midwest and then came to the East Coast and that's a whole nother story. I won't go into all that story. We don't have time for that this morning. If you want more of that story, there's different ways that you can, 
you can figure that out. I actually have a little resource table in back and some things that if the Lord leads you to come back and be a blessing to the ministry that way. There's a, a, one of the books that I've written back there has some of the story in it. There's a, a CD that has some of, more of my testimony story in it and a message. And so there's different things back there. There's posters and things and anything that you might uh, get off the table there and, and sow into the ministry. I just, just thank you in advance for that. I'll be back there at... Uh, at, at end of service, but and if and if you're not able to purchase something off the table, then just go online and go on NikitaKolov.com. You can get the whole story for free. anybody, anybody like free? Does free work for anybody? Or about three people free work work for? Okay, so um, so there's more of the story there, but it has been an interesting journey to where life began in in the uh, in the projects of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and then came to the Carolinas, came to Charlotte. Um, after a five-minute phone call, sight unseen, with a promoter named Jim Crockett, uh, and an, a door of opportunity opened up, and I just made a decision to, to pack up everything I owned to my name at the time at 23 years of age, and packed all the money I had to my name, which wasn't much, in my wallet, and drove to a city that I'd never been, and walked into an office on the day that, that uh, Mr. Crockett said to be there, and, and they... they he took a look at me, and, and Nikita Koloff was born that day in that office hallway. And again, there's more to that story, but they put me right on the interview set literally that day. They never met me before prior to that meeting that morning. Put me right in the interview set, and we finished up hours of interviews. And they said, tomorrow night, be in Raleigh, North Carolina at the Dorton Arena because you're going to wrestle on television. And I'd never been in a ring. I'd never hit a ring rope. And I'm going to wrestle on television. And, and we're in the dressing room. I'm like, hey, guys, you want to kind of show me a couple basic things here before I go out and make a fool of myself out there? And, uh, and they did. They showed me a couple things. And 11 seconds later, I had my first win in professional wrestling on television in the Dorton Arena in Raleigh. So a lot of history for me in the Carolinas. It was kind of, kind of amazing because the journey, uh, the, the, the career and the journey just kind of took off from there at, at that point. And Pretty amazing, really, when you think about when I reflect back on that story, because within just a couple months, we had the world six-man champion, tag team champions, Pastor was mentioning, uh, and we had the world tag team champions with, with Uncle Ivan Kolov, right? I was with Uncle Ivan last night, actually, and uh, we had a chance to team up together and, and uh, meet and greet some fans. But, uh, and, then, and then within 13 months... Within 13 months, the, the very first ever Great American Bash, I was the, fortunate to be the headliner against a guy. Some of you know him. He had, he had blonde hair. He'd throw that hair back, and he'd kind of strut across, the, and he'd go, there's a Ric Flair fan everywhere I go, Pastor. I'm, I'm like, really? Really? Come on. Seriously. It really is. I, t- I like to tell this story. I was in South Korea a few years ago doing ministry, and there's Ric Flair fans in South Korea. I'm like, like really? Like even here? Now it's a little different over there. It's more like a woo, you know, than than a woo, <laughs> you know, the whole Korean thing, right? But there's Ric Flair fans everywhere, but and that's okay. That's okay. I have a lot, a lot of respect for Rick and his career, and and so within 13 months, all this happened, and then and then as unusual a way as I broke into professional wrestling, I made a personal decision to also walk away at the tail end of 1992, the beginning of 1993. I made a decision just to abruptly, uh, in, in most of my peers' eyes, 
just walk away. It was crazy because they thought, this guy's lost his mind. It was really right before all the, all the big uh, the pay-per-view, all the mega contracts and, and all the marketing of, of action figures. And don't, don't, please don't call them dolls. I mean, like seriously, they're, they're action figures. They're not dolls. Okay? Um, but anyway, but right before all of that, I, I, I chose to, to walk away from that. In fact, if you are a, a wrestling fan, you'll Perhaps some of you mentioned, remember the name of Bill Goldberg. And so when I left, when I chose to walk away, left a void in, in that organization, and that was my replacement, was Bill Goldberg. They signed this guy to a, a guaranteed contract that his one-year guarantee was more than I made in a career. Uh, and, and so, But I walked away from all that. Why do I tell you all of that? Well, there's a very uh, specific reason why I share that with you, because of what Pastor already somewhat alluded to was uh, what happened just uh, several months later, about 11 months later, after walking away from wrestling. And, and that was, uh, I told the crowd last night as I stood in the wrestling ring, I said, I said, 17 October 1993, I had the wrestling match of a lifetime. And, and it wasn't against Hulk Hogan or Macho Man Randy Savage, oh yeah, right? You know, it wasn't, wasn't against any of the guys in the wrestling ring. It was against the, the opponent, the life opponent, uh, who we know is very real, and that is Satan. And, and it was in a church service that uh, I'm pleased to say that Jesus gained the victory because I walked forward to an altar and surrendered my life, bowed my knee to the real champion for the world, Jesus Christ. And he became my Lord and my Savior on that morning, 17 October, 19. 93. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I give him glory for that. I give him all the honor and all the praise. And uh, it's that decision that morning that has opened up doors uh, really all over the planet to be able to take an unusual platform like professional wrestling. And um, I know I've run into many a pastor who have that a very similar story. You know, grew up watching, you know, what I came to learn was, was not wrestling, but what I came to be educated on here in the South was wrestling. That's right, somebody wrestling, right? And, and, and it's a true story. I was like, kind of, I, I was like, someone said one time, you know, do, I don't know how we got in the topic or the conversation, but about the, we were just talking about the three R's, right? And I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm a college-educated guy. I mean, who certainly, and not that you have to have a college education to know what the three R's are, but surely everybody knows that the three R's are, are you know, reading, writing, and arithmetic. You've got an educated crowd here, Pastor. I'm pleased to see that. Well, they enlightened me as I shared that with them. They go, no, 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 you're, you're in the South now. I go, education different in the South when it comes to the three R's. They go, oh, yeah. And they said with this vernacular, and they were totally serious, they said the three R's in the South are rice and wrestling and religion. I'm like, how do you spell that? I don't even know how you spell it. Because they say you, you want them wrestlers, aren't you? I'm like, wrestler. How do you spell that, wrestler? And so it's been an interesting, a very interesting journey to say the least, and and uh, excited how our paths have crossed today as I was back here in the East Coast and uh, involved in, in a number of different things. And again, 
just honored and pleased to be here. I'm excited for you guys, as I just know a little bit of your story, and Roy was sharing with me some of uh, Pastor Tom's story and, and what's unfolding here with you guys and the, and the land that's been purchased and, and the vision for the church. I just kind of glanced at the, at the boards there walking in, and, and so I get the privilege of ministering in a lot of different formats, uh, whether it's a school setting like this or or, um, you know, different, you know, outdoor crusades in Africa. I mean, you know, schools in Korea. I mean, there's a lot of different settings and, and formats, a lot of different size audiences. I mean, I've ministered to audiences of one. I, I think to date the largest uh, audience I've had the privilege of sharing some of my story and ministering to is, I think, just, uh, just over 73,000 uh, on the island of Jamaica in an outdoor crusade. And so a lot of different audiences, and here's what I've learned, though. You know, I've learned, and again, I'm excited, like, you know, for your building project and the vision for the church, but you've heard this said before, I'm sure, or if you haven't, uh, or, or if it's repetitive for you, that's okay, because repetition really is the first law of learning. I don't know if you realize that or not. Because sometimes you might hear pastors say some of the same things over and over and over again, and you go, Man, can he, not, can he say something else? Can, you know, but repetition is the first law of learning. I've learned in my human nature that sometimes I need to hear things more than one time. Anyone else relate to me? Anyone else bear witness with that? All right, I think I heard about five voices bear witness. Praise the Lord. Right? But here's why I'm bringing this up. Whether it's, whether it's a brand new church building that you'll eventually move into or whether it's a school setting like this, whatever the venue is, really just understand this. This this is not the church. This is a building, and actually a school building that you happen to assemble in, but I hope you realize and understand that you and I are the church. Okay, Probably more than seven or eighty, you should probably agree with that one right there, okay? Seriously. We're, we're the church. This is just a facility that we assemble in so that we can gather together corporately, honor God through our worship, through the Word of God, be equipped to then go out into the marketplace, back to our homes, back out into the world, and be the church. Do you agree with that? Anybody agree with that? Right? So the message this morning, was interesting. I, was in, I was back there praying, and I'm like, all right, Lord, what do, you want, you know, what do you want me to share? I mean, there's sometimes you'll give me a message, you know, well in advance of my coming, and I spend a lot of time in prayer and fasting once I schedule an event to just see, because I could say lots of things this morning, guys. I could tell you more wrestling stories, and, and maybe we'll do that at the be- you know, the resource table, but, but, I, but more important or most important to me is, is not just for me to embellish on some stories, but to share what's on the heart of God. So, so my hope, you know, as you made a decision, a choice to come here today, and each and every opportunity you have to assemble together corporately like this, my hope is that you come with a tender heart, seeking more of God. Seeking more of God. 
It's interesting, all the different stories I hear, you know, why people assemble together, their motive for assembling. Some just like to check the box, you know, that religious box. You know, I went Sunday, God, you saw that, right? I, I was there. Others come very hungry and thirsty for more of God because they want to grow and they want to mature in their walk with God. Some, God, some come just seeking God because they don't even know God. They, know, they might know of God. That was me for many years. I knew of God. But until 17 October 1993, when I surrendered my life to Jesus, gave my heart to Jesus, and down in my nowhere, like, like way down here, that I, that I went from, at best, an intellectual or religious understanding of God to, to a personal, intimate relationship with God. And understand, there's a chasm of difference in that right there. There is. And so for whatever reason you came this morning, I don't know, but I'm back there praying and I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to share this morning? What do you want me to say this morning? And, and um, you know, there's a message that God has kind of had, even though I move all over the place. I go all over the place. That's why I got a handheld mic. I just like to, I like to move. You know, I like to move. I like to get around. I, you know, if you doze off this morning, it's great because it's cordless. So, like, I can still drop a bionic elbow on you and wake you up, you know, because it's cordless, right? And it won't hurt because wrestling's all fake. So you won't even feel the, the elbow drop on your head. You won't even feel it. It'll just nudge you and wake you up, but you won't actually get hurt, right? Wrestling's all fake. But there's a message that God has kind of had me parked on, and I'm like, God, can I move on? You know, he's going, no, park right here. Because the body of Christ needs to hear this message. So this morning, I'm, going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to share four scriptures with you uh, in our brief time together. I'm going to give you three prayers that, that you potentially could pray if you chose to. How many know God's given you a free will and you, life's filled with choices? Nobody knows that? Okay. God's given you a free will, and life is filled with choices. Every day, you get to make choices. You had to choose what to put on today when you came here. You just didn't randomly do that. You're like, okay, well, I think I'll wear that shirt, or I might, oh, yeah, I'll put this dress on. Or what. You had to choose. You had to make a choice. Uh, now, for some of you, sometimes you make some unconscious choices, and we'll pray about that. We'll help you with that, okay? But for the most part, we make so many conscious choices every single day. So this message that, that God has just had me kind of parked on, uh, and it's just, it's about devotion. It's about devotion. It's about your devotion. That if you have a relationship, this personal relationship with Jesus, it's about your, your devotion to Him. Not to the church, the little C but to the big K, the big kingdom, your devotion to the kingdom, your devotion to Jesus. And, and so these, these four scriptures, uh, I, I hope, will, will challenge you this morning as you've, as you've come here. As we look, we're going to look at John chapter 17 is where we're going to go. So those of you who have your, your Bibles, you can turn to John chapter 17. And uh, I get a kick out of some of the church. Like, hey, if you have your smart device, turn, you know, go to, I'm like, Smart device? Bring a Bible. Put your, leave your smart device in the car. Bring a Bible. That's just me. I'm a little old school. That's just me. It's got nothing to do with getting up with the times. But we're going to look at four scriptures in John 17, and we're just going to see how my, I'm going to see how my life, and every time I minister this message, it speaks to me probably more than it will ever speak to you, but 
We're just going to see how our lives line up with what the Word of God says. Is that, is that cool with everybody? Lord, I just thank you as we uh, transition into the Word of God right now over the next few moments. Lord, I thank you that every person here, Lord, I just, I'm praying and believing what, whatever, for whatever reason they walked in these doors. I pray right now they would make a conscious choice, a decision to tenderize, just to open their heart up. Open up their inner, inner man, their spirit man, to receive something from you. Not from me, God. I'm just a mouthpiece. I'm just a vessel that you speak through. And I pray as you've impressed this in my heart, Lord, minister to me. Speak to me this morning. And my heart would be tender. I'd have a willing, tender heart to receive what you once said as you speak into my life. And Lord, let's see how our lives line up with the Word of God. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And, and, and just about everybody said, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. So John chapter 17, let's just take a, a quick look at four scriptures here, starting in, in verse 1, and we know this is an intercessory prayer, and Jesus, who spoke these words, lifted his eyes to heaven, so right away, there's a visual for you. Men are more visual than women, typically, but, but all of us can get this visual. There's Jesus, he's praying, he's lifted his eyes to heaven, talking to his heavenly father, talking to his heavenly dad. His, 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 for those of you, Abba, Father, Abba translates into, into Daddy, so it's not, you know, uh, unscriptural to call, call Father God, Daddy God, or call him Daddy, because that's what Abba is translate, translated into when you research it back. But there he is praying to his, his father, and he says, Father, the hour has come to glorify your son, that your son also may glorify you. Jump down to verse 4, and he says, I, I've glorified you on the earth. I finished the work which you've given me to do. I glorified you on the earth. I finished the work which you've given me to do. Jump over to verse 17. He says, sanctify them by your truth, for your word is truth. And then he closes out this prayer in verse 26 by saying, and I've declared to them your name, will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. So, Let's go back to verse 1 just for a moment. He's saying, Father, the hour has come to glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you. Now, I told you this message this morning really is about devotion, your devotion to the Lord. And when you look at that Scripture, and he says, he, he says, he says the hour has come, glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you. So I, I'm going to throw just a, a few questions out there for you to ponder this morning that maybe you will even kind of marinate or meditate on when you, when you even leave here this morning. Starting with this first scripture, that, that you're, you know, the son, that I may glorify you, he said. So my, my question for you this morning, my first question, or one of my, one of my first questions is, is when you look at your life, and perhaps let, let's just do a, a brief self-examination uh, or an evaluation of, of your own life, right? And just be honest with yourself. God knows your heart anyway. And, and we can put on all kinds of charades for the people around us. We can even come in here and look real spiritual and look real good and sing all the songs and and, 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 and act like we're paying attention and go back out there and, and act the exact same way as when we came in. But So when you look at the Scripture, my, one question I would have for you is, does your life glorify God? Does your life glorify God? Not here in a church setting. I'm talking about when you go out there. Like when you go in, perhaps those of you who go into the marketplace tomorrow on Monday, back to the J-O-B, right, on Monday morning, and you go into the marketplace. 
Does your life glorify God in the marketplace? Or perhaps when you head home and maybe you get home this afternoon and maybe I pulled you know, one, one of your children aside and, said, and was able to have a, a heart-to-heart conversation and said, hey, tell me about mom. Tell me about dad. What, what are mom and dad like behind closed doors? Not how are they in church service around everybody else. What are they like behind closed doors? Are they one person in church and another person at home? What are they like? Hey, what is son and daughter like in the hallways or the classroom in school? Not what are they like in youth service or what are they like in church service, but what are they like when, when they're in the hallways or in the class or, or even on an athletic field or maybe on, on stage performing in a band concert? What are they like? Does your life glorify God. And let me take it one step further. Does it glorify God in, in your speech? I mean, the things that come out of your mouth. Because we know clearly from the Word of God that out of the heart, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever's coming out of your mouth, we know from the Word of God is actually already in your heart. Because out of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So those things that are coming out of your mouth, we know from the Word of God, is planted in your heart. So your words, do your words glorify God? Do your actions glorify God? So when you stand around the water cooler on Monday morning, and there are some off-handed or off-color jokes that are being said, do you just uh, engage in and join right in? Or maybe you take a stand and you quietly walk away to make a statement that you're not appreciative of what's being said about maybe another person's color or or another person's situation. Or better yet, how about through your actions and your words when you're driving home from church service, what are you saying about the leadership in church in front of your children, mom and dad? What kind of words are coming out of your mouth? What kind of actions are you portraying? So if not in your actions, if in your words, how about your thought life? Does your thought life bring glory to God? Now I have good news. If you were honest enough with yourself and said, hey, there are times when my actions or my words or my thoughts don't always line up with the Word of God, and I stumble and I fall. Well, I have good news, because 1 John 1, 9 says, just confess and repent, and God wipes it away as far as the east is from the west, and pick yourself up and continue to move forward. Don't dwell on what you've done, but look towards where you're going. Does that make sense for anybody this morning? All right, so Jesus is praying. He's saying, hey, the hour's come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you. So one of my challenges to you this morning is for your life to glorify God in your words, in your actions, in your speech, your thoughts, to glorify God. So that's number one this morning. Number two, let's look at this uh, scripture, verse four. I've glorified you on the earth. I finished the work which you've given me to do. So we know from Jeremiah 29, 11, very familiar scripture that God has a plan, a purpose for each and every one of us, a destiny. Not one of us are a mistake. We're not here by mistake. God had formulated a plan long before you ever even entered onto the face of this earth. He knew you before you were ever in your mother's womb. He had a plan, purpose, and a destiny for your life. And nobody but you can fulfill your destiny. And nobody but you can thwart you from your destiny. Again, life's filled with choices. Nobody can stop you from fulfilling your destiny except you. You're the only one. Because you can 
choose not to pursue the plans, purpose, and destiny that God has for your life. You can choose to do that. You can choose to pursue your own course of action. You can choose to pursue your own plans. But we know even from Scripture here, God had a plan for Jesus' life. I finished the work. Look what he says. I finished the work which you, remember he's talking to his dad, talking to the Heavenly Father. He says, I finished the work that you have given me to do. So he's got work for each and every one of us. And for some, that's a, it's pastoring a church. For others, it's being a, a, a nurse or a doctor or a construction worker or whatever the course you take that God leads and guides and directs you to do with the gifts, talents, skills, and abilities He's given you. Whatever you do, it says, do it unto the glory of God. Read the Scripture. Whatever you're doing, even if you're in a job situation right now where you're like, man, I hate this job. Okay, maybe you do, but, but perhaps you might consider a heart of gratitude and be thankful for the income that's coming in from the job that you actually hate right now and still bring glory to God through your efforts in that job situation. Amen, anybody? Amen, anybody? So Jesus is saying here, I finished the work you've given me to do. I've glorified you on the earth. Here again. So he's acknowledging, hey, with this life you gave me, Father... I brought glory to you. I glorified you on this earth. Make sure I challenge you this morning that your life brings glory to God. And the day that, when that day comes that you get the opportunity to stand before Him one-on-one, no advocate by your side, just you and Him, that you can look at Him and say, Jesus, I finished the work. As far as I know, as you revealed to me, I finished the work that you sent me to do. And then he could look at you and the best words you could ever hear were, yes, you did, well done, thy good and faithful servants. And we know from Scripture there'll be some that'll rattle off all these things that they did, and yet he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. I never knew you. And, and, and so we, I, I pray and hope that that's not you, that you start giving this laundry list of things you did for him but you never actually knew him. That you were religious, but you had no relationship. And so make sure, make sure, make sure that your heart is in the right place with Jesus. That's where it all starts to begin. That's the foundation of it all. Having your heart right with Jesus. Having surrendered your heart to Jesus. And as you establish that relationship... And then you begin to grow and mature as you come and gather together Sunday by Sunday and whatever events you have. The pastor's in his prayer closet and brings you a word that can encourage you or challenge you or stretch you or grow you. Then you can pursue the plans, the purpose, and the destiny that God has for you. So you can stand before him one day and say, I finished. Hey, Jesus, I finished the work that you sent me to earth to do. And I glorified you on the earth. I glorified you. Now verse 17 says, sanctify them by your truth, for your word is truth. Sanctify. That word sanctify, again, it's a process of growth. And uh, I'm going to take this coat off, but that's okay, because I'm, I usually get fired up anyway when I get the opportunity to preach the gospel. And, and the one thing about out west is, it's like, 72 and sunny and no humidity like every day. I'm like, I walk out here and, and it's like, there's lots of humidity, right? 
Whoo, I'm not, I, I, should get, I should be used to it having grow, you know, spent many years here. But anyway, sanctify them by your truth, for your word is truth. Sanctify, that word sanctify. You know, be made holy, be, made, be, be set apart. And again, this is all part of the, the growth process. You know, your day of salvation, my, my day of salvation, 17 October 1993, was the beginning point of my journey with Jesus, my relationship with Jesus. And from that point on, from that point on, it, it, it's, a, it's a journey for me, a journey of, of growing and maturing, a journey of pursuing, pursuing the heart of God, pursuing the, the, the vision He has for my life, pursuing the plans and the purpose and the destiny He has for my life. And He says, sanctify them by your truth, for your word is truth. So for those of you who may be struggling to bring glory to God in your lives, uh, can I submit to you that may, maybe you... Maybe you want to crack open the Bible more than just on Sunday morning or sit and listen to a message on Sunday morning. Maybe you want to make this kind of a daily, a, a daily event for you, that you get into the Word of God on a daily basis, and you get into His truth, and as you get into His truth, more will be revealed to you as you get into His Word. Like for some of you sitting here right now probably thinking, I wish I knew what, what God's will was for my life. I have people that, I, I just, what's God's will for my life? What's His will? Well, let me give you a, a little enlightenment here. If you'll take the time to get in the Word of God, the Word of God, the written Word of God, is the will of God for your life. Let, let me say that one more time, because that went right past a couple of you. The written Word of God is the will of God for your life. So if you're wondering, what is the will of God for your life? What are these plans, purpose, and destiny, Nikita, you're talking about? Well, then get into his word, because his word is truth. So here's the truest thing you'll ever read about you, is right here in this word. It's the truth, truest thing you'll ever read about you. More than anyone will ever say about you, or, or you'll even say about yourself, the word of God will speak the truest thing about you in his word. Do you hear that this morning? If you're wondering who you are, read the word of God. He'll tell you who you are. You don't have to rely on somebody else to tell you who you are. Or you don't even have to tell yourself who you are. He knows you better than you know you. And in his word is truth. And you get into his truth, his truth will get in you, and then you will be sanctified. You will be set apart. You will be made holy. So understand, salvation, don't just check the salvation box and think, I'm done. No, you've just begun. Let, let, me, let me say that one more time for a couple more of you. Don't, don't just check the salvation box and think you're done. No, you've just begun. That's the beginning of an eternal journey and a new destination for you. Sanctify them by your truth. And then look, lastly, he says, I've declared to them your name and will declare it that the love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. And man, if, we could, if, all, if each of us could ever just, if we could just wrap our head around this one, that that same love that, that would, that's in me, that you have for me, that would be in them. What's he talking He's talking about an unconditional love, isn't he? Unconditional love. And, and I don't know if, about you, but I've struggled with that over the years at times, you know, and loving somebody unconditionally. We have a tendency in our human nature, in our flesh, to want to put conditions on it, don't we? I'll love you as long as. Or some might say we set expectations, and then when those expectations aren't met, then we're disappointed and discouraged and disillusioned and all the diswords. And, and because what that really symbolizes is we're not really loving unconditionally. We're loving with condition. And so if we could ever embrace that of, of loving, the Father loved Jesus 
unconditionally. Jesus, when he walked the face of the earth and continues to this day to love others unconditionally. So walking in this place today doesn't matter what you've done up to this point. That if you made a decision today to, to, to confess your sins and repent of your sins and ask for forgiveness because of his unconditional love, he's going to grant that forgiveness to you because he unconditionally loves you. Even amidst all of your faults and your shortcomings and your failures and poor decisions and choices that you've made, He still loves you unconditionally. And He's, he's praying here to the Father and saying, Lord, He, he said, Father, I, 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 I pray that, that the love with which You loved me, that unconditional love that You loved me, I, I pray that it would be in them. That, it would, that, that kind of love would be in them. And that I would be in them. Meaning, again, you surrender your life to Jesus. Says they're going to come and he's going to come and make home, make a home with you. And, and by the way, he 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 doesn't just want you know like access to you know like to the kitchen or something. I mean, he wants full access into your life. He he doesn't just want like a partial access. He wants full access. You know, I think about some of the different events I've been a part of over the years and. Maybe you've been to a concert or part of different certain events, and, and, and you've seen uh, people walk around, like I see some badges on, on some of the guys here, probably ushers or greeters and servants of God here with their badges around their necks, and perhaps you've seen those at different events, and some of them will say limited access. You've probably seen that, right? So some, will, some will say, uh, uh, you know, backstage access. Or, but you see some, you probably see, maybe if, if you've never seen, and, and some say, Full access. Anyone seen those? Anyone see a few of those badges? It says full access right on their badge. And you're like, whoa. That, and so like the security and everybody knows, hey, I don't need to stop them because they got full access. They can go anywhere in the venue here. Anywhere. Because they have full access. They can go wherever they want. Can I submit to you this morning, that's, that's really what Jesus wants in your life too. He doesn't want the backstage pass. He doesn't want limited access. He wants full access into your life. He just doesn't want you to surrender a part of you. He wants you to surrender all of you, every aspect of your life. He desires that you would give him full access. And so this morning, as I share these four scriptures with you, I'm going to give you three prayers and, that, that you could pray. And worship team? Worship team, come on, come on up, worship team, wherever you are, or, key, or keyboard, or the whole worship team, whoever wants, come on, whoever's led to come out, come on back up. Thank you, Jesus. We'll be talking this morning about your devotion to the Lord, your devotion to Jesus, and how your life lines up. Is your life glorifying God? Is your life glorifying God in, in your thoughts? Don't be distracted by them. Stay right here, right here, right here. Your thoughts, your actions, your words. You know, it's your life bringing glory to God. And if you determine, no, it's not, or, or we're not enough, or there's some areas, some of these areas I need, I need some growth in, I need... Then this morning, what a great opportunity just to confess that before God and just ask Him for forgiveness. Or
Does your life bring glory to God? Are you on that path? Are you on that path pursuing the plans, the purpose, and the destiny that He has for you? The will of God for your life. What He has. You've just been kind of wheeling it, winging it, doing your own thing. Or are you really with a whole heart, really pursuing His will for your life? You know, it's interesting. Jesus illustrated in the garden, right? He's like, in the garden, He's like, hey, He's like, you know, this is kind of my take on it. You know, if this cup could pass from me, in other words, man, is there any other way? If there's a plan B right now, it'd be like a really good time, you know, God to like, Dad to reveal that to me, like plan, plan B. And God's like, no, this is, this is, this, there's only a plan A. This is the way. This is the destiny for your life. And we know, what does he say? He says, so he says, nevertheless, not my will be done, right? But thy will. Father, your will be done in my life. Have you said that? Have you said those words to the Father? Father, nevertheless, not my will be done in this life, but your will be done. Maybe that's might be a good prayer to pray today if that if you call if that's you. He said, That's me. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And I just challenge you to get in the word of God more than on a Sunday morning. Get in the word of God. And I'm not saying you have to read chapters a day or anything like that. You, however God leads you, however the Holy Spirit leads you, but read one scripture a day. Read something every day. Read a proverb a day. Just open it up. Get the truth in you so you can walk in truth, so you can be sanctified and set apart. Maybe you're not on that path of sanctification. Maybe you checked the salvation box and you're like, I'm done. I'm done. Check that box. I'm done. No, you're not done. You've just begun. And maybe it's this unconditional love. Maybe you've struggled with that yourself, just loving other people unconditionally. Well, here's the three prayers. God, change me. God, change me. That's prayer number one. God, change me. For me, 17 October 1993, God changed me. Prayer number two, God, grow me. God, grow me. This process of sanctification, I, 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 don't, I don't want to stay where I'm at. I want to move and grow and mature. Number three, God, connect me. God, connect me. And there's different levels of connection. There's connecting at a heart point with Jesus to start with, but then there's connections in the body of Christ, you know, coming together, assembling like this is a connection point. You know, small groups. I heard him say they're on a break from small groups. That's another connection point. You know, serving, just serving. Just find your place of serving in the church. That's another connection, but a lot of different connection points. God, connect me. Connect me with an accountability partner, somebody that can hold me accountable to these things. So here's what we're going to do in just a moment. I'm going, to, I'm going to pray in just a moment. I would love the honor of praying with you, praying for you. However, God directs you. And, and I had not talked to pastor. I, I, don't, I don't know what you do here or whatever, but here's what I'm feeling led to do. And that is, uh, in just a moment, they'll, they'll do some worship here. And we're going to take just a few minutes, and then we'll be done. Uh, but I'm going to open up the front here as, as an altar so I can have the privilege of just praying, praying with you, praying for you. And, and, and here's the deal on, on an altar. Whether you've 
did, uh, done something like this a thousand times, have never done it. It, it doesn't matter. Two things, I, I believe, two things, two statements are being made when, when you respond to an altar. Altar is a place of sacrifice where you're making commitments or, and or laying things down. But here's what I believe in my heart of hearts. The statement you make before God is, I, I'm, I'm not going to stay where I'm at. I, I'm going to move to a new place, God. And so you're, you're making a physical movement, but you're also in the spirit. You're making a statement to God. I'm not going to stay where I'm at. I want to move to a new place in my life, a new place in my journey. So whatever reason you might come forward for, here's the second point. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks either. It's between you and God. God will deal with their gossiping tongue. So if God's tugging on your heart and saying, hey, move to a new place. Get out from where you're at and move to the altar, then I encourage you to be obedient as God's tugging on your heart to do that. Father, I just thank you this morning for the privilege and the opportunity just to deliver this message. And Lord, as you have been moving upon people's hearts and challenging them with this word, I pray, Lord, now that you'll give them also the courage to move as you're moving on their hearts even right now. Whether it's giving their life to Jesus for the very first time and coming to this altar and confessing, repenting, and, and, and inviting Jesus into their heart. Or Lord, whatever reason you draw them here, maybe it's just to make a deeper level of commitment. God, connect me. Open up doors of opportunities to connect me. God, grow me. That commitment. God, change me. Whatever the reason, Lord, draw them out in Jesus' name. In Jesus, would, you, would you stand? Just stand across this auditorium. And as they begin to pray, I just want to encourage you. If God's tugging on your heart, just come to the altars now in the name of Jesus. And I'd love to be able to pray over you and pray with you. Go ahead, guys. Thank you, Lord. Just step out. The altars are open now for you to come. Thank you, Lord.